I'm Bryony Kennedy and you're listening to the Beauty, Business and Babies podcast brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. In the last 10 years of building Adorn Cosmetics, having three children and advocating for more ethical beauty standards in the beauty industry, I've become intimately aware of what it's like to wrestle with the different areas of my life. Every fortnight, I'll share the tears and triumphs that I experienced when starting my ethical conscious beauty company, dealing with depression and caring for my children. My hope is that you'll grow to know it's okay to have imperfect days, that you are not alone in feeling like a mess and that you'll be inspired to commit to small but bold actions each and every day. Welcome back to another episode of Beauty, Business and Babies brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. I'm joined by Michelle from The Peers Project, our producers, and today we're exploring how we can build our personal brand and become women of influence. Yes. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited for this episode. You know, I think so many women listening, you know, who want to make a difference in the lives of others, they, you know, they really want to share their stories of trials and triumphs to help others. They want to start something of their own, maybe a small business or like a community, and they're looking for ways to make an impact and kind of have opportunities for themselves to build their personal brand. So, I guess the question here is, but where do you start? Mm. You know, so I can't wait to dive into kind of the steps to actually building your your own personal brand. But first, I guess I want to ask, you know, what does it mean to be a woman of influence? Ooh, this is always <laughs> a bit of a weird topic for me, to be honest. We were, <laughs> we were actually oh, saying this before. Yeah. <laughs> look, I, for me, looking at... Uh, someone that influences me, I look for someone who has a positive impact on me, something or someone that makes me feel good about the choices they've made and makes me feel good about the possibility of the choices I could make. And I think it's someone who does go out and make that difference. They've got, you know, maybe not the confidence, but they're still doing it. So someone who can make the difference, they've got a positive impact and they're showing and leading the way that that those possibilities can be. And so that is, uh, I suppose, someone that I find influential and more so people who just give it a go. I don't expect it to be perfect, but those that are actually just giving it a crack and they're, they're, they're living their passion, I think that to me is influential. No, I couldn't agree more. I think it's it's those kind of women or people that we look at and we just go, you're so authentic, you're so real mm. and you are just going out there and giving it a crack. You know, I guess I guess the question I've got for you is, you know, when was the moment that you kind of started to take your personal brand and kind of building your influence seriously? So I guess there's two elements to that. There's the adorn side of things and then there's the perfectly imperfect mama side of things. And so initially for me from the perfectly imperfect mama side of things, there was, I guess, the issue of depression and women not coping and mothers not coping and not and feeling isolated and feeling like their decisions were not the right ones and, you know, feeling alone. And so for me, the issue was bigger than myself. And so for me, putting myself out there and, and even talking about experiences, um, even in tears sometimes, I mean, if you head to the Facebook page, there's a lot of videos there 
where I'm actually crying, you know. So uh, very raw stuff. But for me, yes, initially I thought, what are people going to think of me? Um, is someone going to come and get me in a straitjacket and put me away when they see this? Uh, you know, this is all a bit a bit much. But for me, the whole issue around not wanting anyone else to feel like this or to have some to be able to help someone know that they're not alone was bigger than my concern of what someone would think of me seeing that. And so that decision to put myself out there for mums was a fairly easy one. It doesn't mean it was comfortable for me. And definitely when I was filming content, there was always the concern that I'd get some sort of backlash over it. But again, I just kept what I was trying to solve. The problem I was trying to solve was bigger than my ego. And so that's where I I sort of sat with that. And so I guess that just became an evolution of you know, if I became an influencer in that that space, so be it. I'm not sure that that's how I feel about it personally, but um, I'm, I hope that from that point of view that I was able to help people realise that all of us can be affected and all of us can have days where we're not feeling great, you know, in that mum space. And then obviously, you know, moving over to the Adorn side of things, the idea for me with Adorn was not to ever have the brand about me and I just wasn't comfortable about it being about me. I love what I've created, but for me, it was just not, I don't know, it's just not something I I wanted to do. I just didn't want it to be brand briny. But after about eight years into the business and my husband kept sort of pushing me, you know, you're the missing link, briny, like everything else is in line, but people want to know your story. They want to see what you wear, uh, what you do with your makeup. They They want to see all these things and you articulate these things in a way that no one else is going to be able to because it, it is your brand. And so, you know, we were right on the cusp of, you know, almost financial ruin eight years in, to be honest, as much as the brand was successful and it was doing well, we'd put everything in financially and we just had nothing left. And, you know, anyone out there that's trying to develop a brand or a business would understand how expensive it is. And um, the hardest thing for us at that point was that, yes, here we have a successful brand, but we've got nothing left. And I had the tipping point of, okay, all that's left is you. Now you're, maybe you're the missing link, maybe you're not, but you've got nothing else to lose right now because you're about to lose any, everything anyway. So you've got to give this a go. And so for me, it was almost forced upon me, I suppose. And in hindsight, I think, wow, I should have done this a lot earlier because brand briny uh, does work. Um, And it does seem to resonate with our customers and who I call our adorners. And I think that's just because rather than trying to do all the glossy, you know, perfect stuff, um, very similar to the perfectly imperfect mama, I was adamant that if I'm going to do this, I'm doing it on my terms and it's either going to work or it doesn't, but I'm not going to be glossing myself over and making out that I'm something I'm not because I just can't, I just won't do that. So it was about starting off by just doing tutorials and and just showing people my passion around wearing the makeup, you know, tips that I found easy and hope that it would help someone else. So to me, the whole influence of Briny being a brand was about, okay, if you are going to put your name to this 
this brand, you need to be helpful. You need to solve problems. You need to be real about it because women are already struggling with day-to-day decisions like what to cook for dinner. They don't want to be thinking that, wow, they've got to look airbrushed within an inch of their life and need an hour to get ready in the morning. So, you know, you've got to keep things real. And so, that is how I did it. And so for me, it was just very much about small incremental steps around showing makeup tips. And yes, I was very concerned about what people would think of me. I know that the first few videos I did, I think I said, um, about 500 times. Uh, the lighting was just shocking. Uh, I paused too much. Um, it was just a disaster. Like, look at it and I just think, wow, I'm surprised no one turned off. But, and I did get people say horrible things about it. Um, And it did upset me a little bit. It did make me feel like, oh, should I even be doing this? Maybe I'm not cut out for it. But I thought, no, I'm just going to learn from that. And as negative those comments are, they're actually right. There are some trolls that I'm going to ignore, but they were right. And I'm going to just perfect on it. And so, you know, being someone of influence, I think you need to remember if that's your goal is to influence people around your ideals and your passions. It doesn't mean they have to wholeheartedly take on everything you say. It doesn't mean they have to believe everything you say. And it doesn't mean they're going to agree with everything you say. And I think you just have to accept that and let that let that evolve. Understand you'll have people follow you, but you'll also have people that won't agree with you either. No, I love that. I think... I just, we were talking about this earlier, but I mean, you've just articulated it so well just then. It's the idea of not being afraid of not being liked as opposed to almost, you know, wanting to be really liked, you know? And I think you just, you've done that so well. And I think that's almost the misconception, at least I feel, around building your brand, especially Mm. online, you know, your own personal brand. So I guess just on that, you know, I think, What's so amazing about you is as much as it did take you kind of all those years to get to it, when you did get to it, it was so real, raw and authentic. Mm. You know, where I guess the confidence to go out there and do that, you know, it's it's really tough. Yes, I agree. You know, so how can we build that confidence to go, you know what, I'm just going to put myself out there, all of me, Mm. and we'll just see. Yeah, I think you just have to first step is just do it um, because you can sit there and think about it and often um, what you're subjecting yourself to is a lot worse than what you're actually going to encounter. But also be realistic and the realism is that, you know, when you do put yourself out there, unfortunately, there's always going to be opinions. I mean, you can't even go to the shops without someone looking at you because maybe you haven't disciplined your kids the way they think you should, you know, some 80-year-old woman or, you know. So I think the minute you accept that there are going to people be people that are not in agreement or are just downright going to be horrible for the sake of it. I mean, I've had some horrific things said uh, about me, like, you know, things about my face, like, oh, you've clearly had a facelift. I'm like, Christ, I'm only 41. I don't know. But, I mean, power to anyone that's had one. But still, um, your eyebrows are shocking, uh, can't stand your voice. Like the list goes on. And honestly, I can say it's water off a duck's back. It doesn't upset me now anymore because I, I just i am so used to it. But I think when you start off with a s- small audience, you have to a- appreciate that you may get more negativity just because of the size of your audience. And then as that gets bigger and and more and more people fall in love with you and what you represent, they become your little ambassadors and they soon 
wane and get rid of those trolls and the trolls become less and less because they are too scared to be negative because there's too many people that are on your positive bandwagon that are there almost your voice as well and so I think that if you are a good person and what you're standing for um, is something that's good and you're not being dishonest, you'll get enough people that will become your ambassadors to support you and you'll you'll weed those out. But I think to get started is the first thing, except that people are not going to always like you and that's just okay. It's so okay. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. And I think the thing is to have fun with yourself. Maybe start practising, you know, not having self-doubt and negative talk but finding the humour in your differences or your quirky ways or or things that you might need to perfect. Like, you know, have a laugh at it. If somebody says to you, Bryony, um, you know, you, you you just say um too much in those videos, just, you know, have a bit of a laugh about it. Like don't take yourself too seriously because I think that's when you'll just stop doing things. You just can't be perfect. It's not all you know, written down and articulated for you. There's so many variables that you're dealing with and it's subjective. What you're talking about may not resonate with someone. It doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It doesn't mean it's not relevant. It doesn't mean that it's not interesting. It's just not interesting to them. You know, I know people that could talk about art to the cows come home and I love looking at art, but talking about it bores the shit out of me. I, I just, I'm, I, I'd rather stick pins in my eyes. Like there's nothing wrong with the art. I just don't like it, like in that way. So it's about understanding that your voice is totally fine, but it's not going to resonate with everybody and that's that's okay. And I think just go in and accept, okay, I'm going to get some negativity. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to take it on board as a way of learning and and just keep going, keep going because the minute you stop because of one negative thing, they've won and it's just not worth you putting aside your passion. You're doing yourself and the world a disservice by not continuing on. And for those of you that do have children or you are maybe influencing others, maybe it's uh, staff or team members, you know, think of it as your duty of care to them to keep going because you want them to see that you've got that strength even in midst of being picked on, even in the midst of being brought down, you can still get up. And I'm not saying it's easy and I'm not saying that I never felt upset about it, but I just kept picking myself up and and just kept get going on with it. Even though I might've felt really crappy about something, I just kept moving on because I thought I, this is a duty of care. Now I have to, I have to keep moving forward because to give up now is, is just, it's just not fair for all of the effort and and my rights to be happy. It's just not fair for me to let myself down like that. Oh, it's just so powerful the way you say that. And I just think, you know, just even on that, I love, and we were talking about this earlier as well, I love how it's more than just you. You know, it's like you're, you've, you use this word like duty of care. I've got mm. a duty of care to go out there and, and say this stuff and, and get this message out there. And so I think the question here comes, you know, for the women who feel that maybe they don't really know, you know, kind of what greater cause or, you know, what greater thing that they're trying to achieve, but they 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 know they want to go out there and do something mm. maybe and put themselves out there and, and build their brand, but they're not too sure exactly kind of which cause or whatnot. What advice would you give around kind of finding the thing that resonates with you the most mm. and then putting yourself out there online about it? I think first up, 
don't pressure yourself to have a, a passion um, that's something enormous. I, I think we are subjected to feeling that we have to be constantly aspirational all the time. And I think that's a falsehood. Um, I don't think that we all are destined to to make massive impact in the world. And I think that's a massive pressure and a massive ego to have if you feel that you've got to be so impactful. But I do think that your, again, your duty of care to yourself and to those around you is to be happy. And I think that you can be influential around that. And it could be as simple as you may like cross-stitching. Maybe you just love it. Like what's stopping you just creating a little group on social media or those get-together apps? And it's a bit hard with COVID at the moment, but, you know, there's those get-together and you, you enjoy that over a glass of wine or a peppermint tea or whatever tickles you fancy. Um, You don't have to be solving world problems. It doesn't mean that you are less of a person because you're not. And I I do find that, yes, there's so many amazing people out there and they're influential and they're great and they give us little tools of incremental ways we can assist them. But I don't want people to feel that just because there's these people making such impact that they're somehow less of a person because that's just nonsense. And I think that just creates undue stress on people. So find what it is that you love. And if you just like chilling out with your kids, that's your, your that's the influence. You're their influence on a, a beautiful, happy life. And that's okay. But if it is something that is a little bit bigger than you, um, I think you just have to put yourself out there and start with um, looking at groups and it could be two or three of you that start off with this and, you know, you get together and, and maybe you record that session. You could just be having a conversation. Maybe you record a Zoom call together and then you put that on your Facebook feed. You know, it could just be creating a closed private group. I mean, there's so many that I'm part of. There's dog ones. There's um uh, there's a cross-stitch one, uh, you know, there's a couple of art ones because I like looking at it. I don't like talking about it, though. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, there's so, many, there's so many things. So don't feel that it has to be massive. It just has to be something that you feel is purposeful, that makes you happy, that that, that inspires you, that, that instills joy in your heart. And I can promise you if you find that it will influence other people, even if it's just one person, like it will influence them because they'll think, gee, how calm and lovely are you that you're just so confident in your own presence. There's nothing more enjoyable than being around somebody that's just calm, happy in their own presence, their own life, their own lot. They don't have to be moving the earth, but they're just happy to be doing what they're doing. But except that it's not going to resonate with everybody. And I think you just have to accept that and, and you know, understand that none of us are perfect and we all are actually thinking the same thing. What if someone doesn't like that? What if that's the wrong? Everybody's thinking the same thing. And you know what? People only really, uh, and I mean, I mean this in the, in the right way, way, not in an egotistical, you know, selfish way, but everybody's only ever really concerned about themselves. And and so ultimately, whilst you're worrying about what they're thinking, they're sitting there worrying about what you're thinking. It's just a wasted energy if you think about it in all seriousness. And for those of, of you that can get out there and troll people, like honestly, you know, I, 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 you just have to actually turn it around and pity them that they're actually that horrible that they can put pen to paper or 
keyboard to screen or whatever you want to call it and, and just be that revolting. Um, what horrible lives they must have if they, if they have to be that way. No, I couldn't agree more. I think it, it's always, you know, it's as much as we like to think everyone's looking at us, most of the time they're not. And even no, if, you know, no. even if they, they feel the need to, to comment, um, you know, it's almost, I think it, it's exactly what you just said. It's almost, well, you just pity that person. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, obviously it's going to sting, it's going to hurt, but at the same time, it's almost like I feel sad. Yes. The person felt the need. Interesting. So I want to kind of shift gears a little bit and talk about positioning and more about kind of how then once you've started to build that influence, how then do we actually go out there and seek kind of maybe cool speaking opportunities or maybe it's not as big as that, maybe it's just connecting with some people that you find who are influential, whatnot. You know, I guess, so I guess firstly, what can we do to position ourselves in the right way to attract those kind of opportunities? Mm. Well, I think... um there's the aesthetic side of things, isn't there? And and th- then there's also, um, you know, the personality and how you're projecting yourself and, and what sort of vocabulary you're using and what you're talking about and your energy. And again, that's subjective because it really just depends on what it is you're trying to achieve and what you're involved in. Of course, for me, you know, I definitely have my no makeup days where I don a pair of sunglasses and hope to God no one recognises me. But all in all, I do feel that I have a responsibility now more than ever to the Adorn brand to uphold that by, you know, making that effort and, you know, putting on just a a little bit of foundation or a a gloss or something and and making sure that I'm not stepping out looking unkempt. Like I, you know, yes, there's days I do, don't get me wrong, I'm human. Um, And for those of uh, you gorgeous Adorners that do already follow me, you know, I talk to my my customers and my Adorners in the bath, uh, you know, in bed. So, you know, I'm definitely not about all being gloss, but I think when you first start initially, you really do need to represent what it is you're trying to achieve. And so it's very rawly looking at, okay, what is it that I'm trying to achieve? You know, what what is this industry about? And how am I going to reflect that from an aesthetic point of view? Obviously, you know, for me, it goes against my ethics to do it anyway, but having a vegan brand, I'm clearly not going to step out in a fur coat, am I? Like I, you know, there's, so there's things like that. And, and I wouldn't sell my products to someone who, sells fur like it's you really have to think about these things as a whole life journey or a a whole cycle so you aesthetically must match your brand if you're part of the brand and if not then you just need to make sure your team is or whoever it is that's representing it and that's from the the vocabulary what you're wearing how you present yourself and of course your energy you know if you're someone who's into fitness obviously you're going to be very uplifting you're probably speaking quite powerfully probably a bit faster than normal you know but if you're a yoga teacher you're probably going to be a little bit calmer and you know so all of those things um and I think if you're living your passion that side of it probably just comes naturally anyway one of the things that I guess I struggled with is accepting that I had become someone who maybe was a bit influential and I still want to vomit at the thought. Like it just doesn't sit right with me. (laughs) I love it. But I accept it. And uh, so for me, when I started seeing that there was a momentum building around me putting my face out there was I sat down with some core people that 
understood what I was trying to achieve with the brand and who knew me very well. And I wanted to know from them very honestly what, you know, when they thought of me, what was, say, 10 words that came to mind? And after that, what did they think that I could work on? And then also what did they find interesting about me and maybe stories I've told them or things I've... So I got them all to email me that and then I didn't feel so egotistical about what I was then going to talk about because I pulled on that and I could say, okay, of these people that I've discussed, they've all very much in common said this about me and that. And so these are the things that they like. So maybe that's where I need to, to concentrate. And I think if you are not a full-blown egomaniac, then, you know, and most of us aren't, like most of us feel a bit weird about talking our own selves up in our own, um, you know, our positive attributes. It's almost like you're not allowed to do that. So if that's your case, Find out from other people what they find endearing about you and lovely about you and interesting about you and then draw on those things and show those things or talk about those things. If you're not comfortable about doing this on your own, do it with someone else. Grab, you know, a team member to sit there. They don't even have to say anything, but if you feel, you know, it's that com- having that company that takes the pressure off a little bit. I know for me personally uh, getting speaking gigs and I've done it for, I'll call it PIMS, Perfectly Imperfect Mama because I just, my mouth isn't going to want to keep saying that's too much. Uh, so PIMS or Adorn, whenever I've had speaking opportunities, yes, there's been ones where I've spoken on my own and, and given what you would say is a, a speech, I suppose, about my story. I don't love doing that. I really don't. And so for me, it's not something that I even really want to love doing. It it just doesn't interest me to be getting up and public speaking by myself. But what I do love is talking and sharing my experiences. So for me, now when I get asked to speak, I ask if it can be done in a panel question answer, because I feel for my, myself and my brand, that's how I shine best and I feel that I'm able to articulate things better that way and I feel more comfortable that way. So it's about looking at what makes you comfortable and it doesn't mean you have to be on your own. You know, if if you are doing makeup or you're talking about your yoga or you want to do some um, exercises, get someone else in with you. You don't have to do it on your own until you get the confidence. Uh, you know, when I first started shooting my tutorials, like they bloody take me forever to do. Uh, now I know how fast to speak, uh, you know, what angle to, to where the lighting has to be. You know, I, I just, it's down to a fine art now, but that's because I've just been doing so many of them that I've really analysed all of that. So it's looking at the things that you want to do, involve others if it gives you that comfort until you're able to do it on your own. Looking at opportunities, when I first started out, look, I just went to absolutely anything that I could go to. So, you know, whether it was, you know, business chicks breakfasts or there was there was quite a few when I first started 12 years ago. Um, so I'd just get my bum up early in the morning, go off to these things and thought, well, if I met one person that I could share a dawn with, great. Um, I wasn't expecting to hand out my card to 50,000 people because it just that just doesn't work. But I went to anything I could possibly go to and anything I could afford to go to. And I also, to get my brand out there, I just shared uh, anything that I did on Facebook. And this was even before I put myself out there, whether it was a picture of my product or whether it was, uh, you know, a new image or something, I'd just share it on Facebook. And this was before the days of even being 
able to do business on Facebook. I connected with everyone I could possibly think of in on LinkedIn just because I thought part of the brand is people recognising who you are and so I just thought the more people that see me surely eventually, you know, they, that, that's going to resonate with them. So take on as much opportunity as you can. Step outside your comfort zone. I don't know anybody that says to me, yeah, I just absolutely can't wait to get up and public speak. I love it. Like they might love it eventually, but I don't know too many people that love it. Like it's, it is stepping outside your comfort zone, just, but just give it a crack. And even if you have to have someone stand there with you, like just do it and just say yes to everything that you think might help project or, you know, further what you're trying to achieve. And, um, you know, and they're the little things. It doesn't have to be anything major. And, you know, it's really only now, 12 years on, that, you know, I'm, I'm starting to get people that, that recognise me and are asking me to do things and speak at things. And, and yes, I have in the past spoken at universities and um, shared my experience at different types of platforms and, done other podcasts for other people but you know it's taken me nearly 12 years to get to this point and so I don't think that you have to put that expectation on yourself that everybody wants you straight away because you know you need to build that momentum and you can only do that by just continually going to and doing as much as you can. So well said. And I think just so many takeaways there and I'm definitely taking them all in. And I hope all of the amazing women listening are as well. So I guess just a question on that you talk about, you, you talked about, oh, I feel, I felt strange. I feel strange kind of calling myself a woman of influence mm. and all that. And you and I were talking about that before as well. And I just, I guess for the women who are listening going, oh, like I, I just wouldn't like, you know, how, how could I ever be considered? What, what, you know, who am I to be considered woman of influence or to even have a, anything, a group or whatever, you know, it's not, who am I? Mm. What, you know, what advice slash what would you say to them around kind of pushing past that? Well, first of all, I think, well, who am I? Like, I mean, <laughs> who am I to have a makeup brand when there's, you know, Chanel and L'Oreal <laughs> and all these other massive brands that have been around forever and a day and they're multi-squillion dollar businesses? Like, who am I? What nerve, what cheek to think I could even start something like this? I mean, honestly, it's absurd and egotistical and um, all of those like but honestly it was just something that I wanted to do and I really didn't care too much about what that success looked like because it was something that I was interested in and something that was bigger than myself and so I think that if you find something that is bigger than yourself and the interest and passion around that interest is bigger than your ego then it allows you to push through that. And, um, you know, we all feel that we're not worthy at some point. And that's a shame because we are all worthy. And again, it doesn't matter what it is that you're doing. It's just that you're doing something. And so for me, I think you need to just put that aside that everybody that's ever started what's now a massive business had that same thought process, but their purpose was bigger than their ego. And I think that's the key. So for me, I'm so passionate about recycling and waste. Like I love, you know, looking at cruelty free, not using animal ingredients, providing customers with toxic free products, healthier products, products that are easy to use. They're all attributes that are amazing about the Adorn brand, but, and, 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 
they all speak to the consumers on different levels too. Like some people that use Adorn love that they're Australian made, some love that it's vegan. It's subjective again, isn't it, right? So, but for me, what has made me want to create Adorn more than ever and the purpose bigger than myself and my ego was the fact that I've always wanted to create a luxury brand that was a minimalistic brand that didn't or had a minimal impact on the environment around waste. Like waste is not a sexy thing. Like honestly, I was like, who's going to give a shit about waste reduction with beauty 12 years ago? Like, and no one cared about that, honestly. Refilling my beauty products? No, I don't think so. I want a new gorgeous jar. Thank you very much, Bryony. Like, but for me, I was like, no, I want this and I think this is amazing and I get goosebumps about minimalising. Like if I find a way to introduce a product that can have biodegradable packaging or less packaging or like it just gets me going, like I just love it, you know. And so for me, because that excites me so much, I want to share that and I just don't care if, it comes across corny or a bit quirky or a bit weird or someone's not interested in it because to me the purpose of helping the environment is bigger than what people think of me. So I think it's about, okay, look at, looking at what it is that you're trying to achieve and if you've got this self-doubt, which I can promise you everybody else does as well, so just, again, rem- remind yourself, everybody else is feeling this right now. It's not just you. You know, it'd be, it's selfish of you to think you're the only one that's got self-doubt. How very dare you? So, you know, it's it's about saying, okay, I'm selfishly having self-doubt because self-doubt is selfish. It's robbing you of, of moving forward. It's robbing you of sharing your passion. It's robbing you of serving a purpose bigger than your ego. And ultimately that's what it is, isn't it? The fear of not being liked or being rejected. So if your passion is not bigger than your ego, then Maybe it's just something that you want to do as a pastime with a small group of people and that's totally okay as well. You don't have to put yourself out there. But I think it's about removing yourself from what it is you're trying to do and focus on that passion and that purpose and, and getting that out to people and, fo- and that needs to be your focus, not the negativity that you're feeling. How do we not internalise the negativity? Mm. Look, I, I think that it's practice and I, I do think that we we evolve as we get older. So Bryony when she was 20 versus Bryony now that she's 41 is very different. And But I have committed to liking myself. And so having had gone through uh, depression that I was on medication for and, and being someone who has uh, suffered like high functioning anxieties and and all sorts of interesting mental health issues. I got to a point where, you know, this not liking myself nonsense is tipping me to the point of not wanting to exist. Now that's a pretty shit feeling. So I thought that's not an option for me to not exist. I'm not, I'm just not allowing that to happen. So I need to make a commitment to liking myself. So I think for me, that's worked, but it's definitely been a trajectory of years of practicing different things, accepting feelings that I've got good and bad, allowing the good and bad feelings to come and to, to go as well, but making that commitment that I like myself enough that I'm going to commit to understand the good and the bad and the indifference that I'm feeling and how do I remove myself from the things that 
I don't like or that that don't make me feel good, understanding that, you know, I'm not always going to make good decisions and that's okay because at the time I made that decision based on what facts or information was presented to me at the time. Just not holding myself accountable and responsible for everything that went that went or does go wrong. Like and and if I was responsible for it, owning it and going, okay, well I could have handled that better. But I think it's not something that you can just say, all right, tomorrow I'm gonna be misconfidence, right? Yep, done. Where I'm confident now. No, it doesn't happen. It's a journey of committing to yourself learning what triggers you, what makes you happy, but being fair to yourself for goodness sake. Like honestly, you're human and you can't always make the best decisions. But you know what? Sometimes the shittiest decisions you make will turn out to be the best ones. Oh, I love it. So great. So true. I wish there was a, a, a like a sum or a real exact answer I could give. Wouldn't, oh, it be, wouldn't we be filthy be rich? Oh, we would. Filthy rich if oh. I came up with a formula for confidence. But unfortunately, <laughs> um, it, it is time and it's commitment to educating yourself about yourself and committing to liking yourself. What would you say to, you know, the women that potentially see influence and this idea of putting yourself out there and personal brand as as kind of just putting up pretty photos. You know, I think the issue is, is that, and we were talking about this earlier, but the issue is, is that you take it on board as such a great way. You see it as a way to further what you, the cause you're, you're about, further what you believe in, showcase your passions and actually kind of make that difference. But unfortunately, you know, if we think about something like social media, Instagram, you know, there are just, there are so many hashtag or quote unquote influencers who are just so fake. I'm sorry to say it, but you know, and just make us feel really crap Mm. about ourselves. Mm. You know, what's your take on that? And, and, you know, what would you say to the women who think, oh, I've got to be, if I've got to be like that, Yeah. Look, I I think everything has its um, market, doesn't it? And which could be a bit of a shame, really, when you think of some of what is is being projected out there. But I guess it's relative. Again, um, yes, there's things I see on social media that doesn't do it for me. And I kind of feel like, oh, really don't think that's an honest way of promoting that or projecting that image. You know, I do think that's a bit of a shame. But you know, I also understand that people like the appearance of things that look good. So I, I get it from a marketing point of view. I really do. But I do think that it's a shame because there, there's these values that are being upheld that maybe aren't quite achievable or attainable on a daily basis. So I think that if you are finding yourself in a position of influence, that it's your responsibility to also show the, the, the realistic side of these things. And so, you know, for me it's about, you know, showing people when I'm doing my makeup, you know, showing me without my makeup on, like genuinely not having a bit of concealer on first so I still look kind of hot before I put it on. You know what I mean? Like be honest about it. Um, you know, try not to airbrush everything you do. Like I, I do feel that, yes, people want to, they want aspirational things, okay? They probably don't want to see images of you with, two-week-old greasy hair in tracksuit pants giving up on life. I get that. But at the same time, having everything airbrushed and everything looking so perfect is also not achievable. So make it aspirational 
attainable and achievable. And I think that you'll always get a really nice following. But again, I, I guess it depends on, you know, if that's your goal to, you know, there, I know there was one particular page I was, I don't even know how I, I think I might've liked the gym wear on it. And, um, and I found myself unfollowing it the other day. Cause I thought if I see one more mm, yeah. booty, <laughs> like uh, my whole screen was just booties, 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 booties. And I'm like, wow, I'm starting to feel like my butt is actually something I could tuck into my socks compared to these <laughs> bums I'm seeing. Like I just, like I, I get it, I'm, I'm not going to have a bum. I don't, can't even be bothered working for a butt like that, to be honest. But at the same, like, what, what is this even serving? So I think, you know, if you're someone who's looking at influences that aren't making you feel good about yourself, get rid of it for a start. Um, that doesn't mean that influence is bad. Maybe they, you know, do great things for other people. But if it's making you feel not great about yourself, just don't follow them anymore. If you are in a position of influence, I think keep it as realistic as you can. And, you know, for me, that's very much about showing people, you know, having having a live chat from my bath. Like, I mean, I don't know, like for me, my husband was like, are you serious? You're going to be naked. I'm like, well, I'm not going to show them my bits, like honestly, but it's a quiet time. I can have a chat to them. I'm comfortable like this. So that's how I talk to people. And, and and, you know, my adorners love that because they just get that different, uh, different, not a different briny, but just a, a more comfortable, you know, it's not just all about makeup. So I think sometimes your purpose has to be, or your brand has to be about, yes, you and your product, but also about how, how do you then, how does that then mix with the rest of your life? Like one of the things I like to do is, well, I actually don't like doing it, but my but my marketing manager wants me to do it. And that's take photos of myself with my outfits. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I don't like it. But what I do like about it is that I get to share some of the brands that I like to buy. So it could be an Australian clothing brand. Um, it could be a piece of jewellery that I've purchased that I know has been locally made or, or, or whatever it might be. So for me, as much as I'm not comfortable with, you know, posing there, uh, I, again, look at it as being bigger than myself. It's an opportunity to showcase another brand that might be a bit smaller and, and maybe they get, you know, some sales out of it. So, again, it's about making it bigger than yourself. At the same time, I get to show myself on a, in a different light and that's what people want to see. I couldn't agree more. I think it's almost when we see that person, you know, we take your stuff, we see you and, and your makeup and all the amazingness and the adorn page, but then it's almost like, well, what's this person like at home? Or, you know, what's she like when she wakes up mm. in the morning? And and I think it's Grumpy. almost like... <laughs> no, I'm actually a morning person. Oh, right. That's why we record these in the morning. <laughs> um, but no, I, I agree. It's, I think it's having that holistic view around it. Yes. You know. Um, I mean, how exhausting being perfect all the time. Oh. Oh, who's no, got the time? No, oh. no, like we could all have, you know, 20 abs and yeah. I don't even think that's possible, but we could all be ripped and shredded. But honestly, oh. I want to have my wine. Oh, I agree. I, I mean, I love Pilates, but I don't know. I, oh. I, I'm happy to have a bit of fat and, <laughs> you know, thick bits that jiggle. I'm, I'm cool with yes. that now. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm cool with that because I just, I'm too exhausted to be oh. perfect. Oh, so am I, honestly. Oh, Bryony, it's every time. It's always so interesting. I think just to end on just a couple last few questions, I guess the first thing is, you know, what would be your top kind of three tips around the first three things to do to go out there and build your personal brand? I think you need to form habits. So I think you need to form habits and rituals that you stick to and 
whether that's committing to a certain way of, you know, presenting yourself aesthetically or the way you're speaking. Um, and if you need help in that way, then maybe you might need to get maybe a stylist to come and, and look through your wardrobe. Um, you know, if that's part of your brand, the way you look, you know, maybe if you, you've got 50 kids and you haven't got time to worry about it, you know, set up your outfits at the end of the week so that, you know, during the week you've, it's all set up in your wardrobe. You know, set habits that make being a brand easier because if it's hard, you, you're just not going to commit to it. So I think it's about forming habits you know, sectioning off your day so that you're able to commit to those things as well. But it's it's really just looking at, you know, what what is it that you're trying to to project? What is it that you're trying to achieve? And and again, it's so subjective that I'd love to be able to sit here and say, okay, these are the things that you I would do if you were trying to create a brand. But ultimately it's just walking the walk and talking the talk, isn't it? It's 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 being realistic about it, it's being honest about it and just doing it, like just taking the step to just do it. The more you're thinking about it, the less you're doing it. So it's, you know, you'll evolve as a person and sometimes your brand evolves. Like I have to say that, you know, when I first started, I sort of felt like, oh, okay, my Instagram should be all colour coded and blah, blah, blah. And I better, you know, make this look all nice. But in retrospect, the the brands evolved into even being more, as much as that was still real because I wasn't airbrushing anything, I still felt that it had to look a certain way. But, you know, my Instagram page with just a mush of whatever, look, it has a better resonance with people. So it's okay to evolve. And as you age, you're going to evolve too. Like, you know, there's things that I'm more passionate about now than I, I was not so passionate about when I was 20, you know. So I think it's an evolution and and you need to be cognizant of that, 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 that to grow is part of your brand and, you know, making sure that you're in, in key with what's happening socially, economically and, you know, what's happening around the world and, of course, what your consumers are, are interested in but always staying true to yourself. Oh, amazing, Bryony. Just such good takeaways. And I'm so excited for the women listening to to really kind of take this on board and and start to, to take their own personal brands brand seriously and, and start building them. So I'm so excited for the next episode where we're going to dive deeper into how we can navigate our relationship with ourselves. Thank you for listening to the Beauty Business and Babies podcast brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. I hope there was something in today's episode that you found relatable and made you feel less alone. As women, we're all struggling with something on the inside, but we're often too afraid to ask for help. If there was something in this episode that you think might help another woman you know, please share it with them and let me know by screenshotting this episode and tagging me on social media at Bryony A. Kennedy and at Adorn Cosmetics. If you love what Adorn Cosmetics stands for. Subscribe to this podcast right now and head to adorncosmetics.com.au to become an adorner and receive special offers on all things adorn. Thank you once again for listening and being part of my journey. I'll see you next time.